Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 171 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. Support for today's episode comes from We Vibe Womanizer. Unlike a traditional vibrator, the Womanizer uses pulses of air and pressure waves similar to the sensation of oral sex on the clitoris. Discover long-lasting and more intense orgasms now. And as a Booney Breakdown listener, you can receive 20% off your purchase by using the code VIP. 20 VIP 20. The code expires on April 30th, 2021. Details on how to be purchased can be found in the show notes and on the booneybreakdown.com. All right, welcome to this week's episode, guys. Uh, you're going to love this one. I loved recording this episode so much with our guests that I shifted my schedule around to have this episode drop this week. Yes, our guest this week is Dr. Donna Oriowo. She is amazing, but she's an international speaker, clinical licensed social worker, and a sex and relationship educator and therapist based in Washington, D.C., She's dedicated to helping others reclaim their sexuality, identity, and self-love, okay? This conversation was so dope. Uh, We tackle pick-me culture and wish dating, prioritizing pleasure. Like, it is so, so, so good. I'm I'm not even kidding you guys. You guys know sometimes I'm biased, but I think you guys are going to like this episode, all right? So stick around for that conversation with Dr. Donna. All right, our pick of the week if you are a part of Patreon gang, um, we had every every month we have first Thursdays with Booney. It is a live event. This week's event, we had a game night, which was so fun. So we had a responsible ratchet game night and it was sponsored by Say It Loud Games. So Say It Loud Games is my pick of the week. They are a black owned trivia game company. We had so much fun playing the games. I had to modify it a bit because we were in a virtual setting, so it wasn't in person, but we still had really, really good fun. Um, It is Booney approved. We probably could have kept going with that game, but uh, we only have an hour, hour and a half schedule for first night, first Thursdays with Booney. So we had to um, limit how much we played, but our Ratcheteers over in Patreon gang got really competitive. And the good folks over at Say It Loud Games are offering my listeners 20% off. So if you would be interested in supporting and adding another game to your game night as we're starting to move back to normal practices and we could probably host uh, some game nights in person, I wholeheartedly recommend that you check this this out. The link is in the show notes. If you're just going over to their website now, the code is Boonie Breakdown to save 20% off. They have two different versions. There's one that's focused on black culture, and then there's one that's focused on pop culture in general. And they have some additional um, add-on packs. Uh, It's a gospel one, hip-hop. Great game, great time for the family and friends. So make sure you cop one out. All right, housekeeping. Uh, feedback for last week's episode 170 with Portia Wood talking about building generational wealth and estate planning. It was a super responsible episode for us, <laughs> but I was so thrilled and so happy with how many of you reached out and said, you know what? I've been putting this off and talked to Booney Tuesday. One of the questions was, why haven't you done estate planning? And so many questions was like, I'm young. I don't have anything to leave behind. I don't have children. And I'm in that same boat. Still fairly young, have no children. I'm not married. Um, I do have assets. 
But estate planning is more than just planning for what's in your bank account, your stock portfolio, et cetera. It is also caring for your person. So because you may not have children or any heirs or spouse or partner um, who can say and express your wishes, you might want to write them down and say, if X, Y, Z happens to me, do this. Um, So if you have not checked out that episode, I implore you, I implore you to go um, listen to it, send it to your family and friends, make everyone know you, everyone you know needs to listen to this episode and get their things in order, child, okay? So go back and listen to episode 170. All right, this is some breaking news, breaking news. If you follow me on uh, Instagram, you already know this. The Boonie Breakdown is heading to YouTube. That's right. We're taking our talents over to YouTube. This face belongs on the tube. Shout out to Martin. Um, yes, we're going over on YouTube to do some video content. It might not be as ratchet as you're used to because with the goal of trying to monetize, I can't be but so vulgar and get monetization over there. So... <laughs> But please, please, please uh, go over and subscribe. As soon as I get to 150 subscribers, I'll drop my first video. Simple as that. So the link to subscribe is in the link in the bio on Instagram. It's in the show notes. It's on theboonybreakdown.com. I'm linking it anywhere you can to make it very easy for you to just subscribe to our channel and get ready for some fun, different probably content, maybe more lifestyle content for me over on YouTube. As a reminder... If you are a listener on SoundCloud, this will be, SoundCloud is going away. Um, So all of the entire catalog of Boonie Breakdown episodes that you find now on SoundCloud will no longer be available. I don't think, um, because I'm not going to pay for that resource looking at the downloads that I get over there, it's not worth um, the extra money to pay. So if you are following me on SoundCloud, I suggest that you follow us in other places. May I suggest YouTube? <laughs> you can also do uh, Spotify. You can do um, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast. There are so many more options for you if you listen to on an Android device or if you're still an iPhone user who just likes SoundCloud. Um, so you might only find a very small portion of the episodes there moving forward. So it makes sense for you to move on over to a new platform now. All right. This is the final reminder about SoundCloud. And lastly, if you're new listening to this episode, we have good time. We have good fun over on Instagram. So please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Boonie Breakdown. Follow us on Twitter, just at Boonie Breakdown. And when sharing this episode, please be sure you to use the hashtag The Boonie Breakdown, the hashtag PODIN, P-O-D-I-N. Tag us in your Insta story. Tag us on Twitter. Tag us on Facebook. Let the world know. Uh, because I read a statistic this week that said 67% of people found out about new podcasts from recommendations from family and friends. So tell your family and friends to listen to The Boonie Breakdown. And I appreciate you guys. And I love you long time. Don't forget to leave us those reviews too. You could just hear your review in the next episode. All right. And so that is it for me. We are going to get into this bomb conversation with Dr. Donna and we're breaking it down right now. Hey guys, it's your girl Booney and I am excited for this week's episode. Um, I always, you guys know I love when I have my therapist and sexologist on 
So I would like to walk, welcome Dr. Donna Oreo. Wow. Did I say it wrong or did I say it right? <laughs> I'm going to go with it. I get anxiety like, about wow. it all the time. <laughs> it's funny because you just said it right. I just said it right. <laughs> no, we're going to say it again. Dr. Donna Oreo. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. I keep saying wow, not whoa. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So since you're here, we're going to dive right into it because I feel like I want to try to jam pack a lot into this conversation with you. All right, here we go. Derek Jackson. (laughs) So many thoughts here. Um, First of all, I just wanted to say I was actually not super familiar with him prior to this uh, going viral incident he had. Um, And I think the part that really made me pay attention was the video where he recorded himself doing a reaction video to his own video about his own infidelity. And people who listen and know me, I always say stuff like that that happens on social media. I'm like, this is mental illness. I am no practitioner, (laughs) but I could not think of a better display of mental illness than that. (laughs) It certainly was attention seeking. It was certain it was it was certainly something. I am not that man's therapist, so I can't say one way or the other what was going on in there. But I was just like, are you you should probably just stop. stop. You should sit, just pause for a moment. Um, so like could it be mental illness? Certainly. But do people do this thing every single day? Of course. Yes. It's when you when you say that thing and you were the last one to say something and then it get kind of quiet and you start feeling a little awkward. So you start saying more things and you just make it more awkward. We've it's been like there. That. Yes, we've it's been like, there. Damn, will you just shut up? It, it, it was like he could not help himself. Like he could not. I don't not. think he could have. I think that he was trying to, well, from my, from the way that it looked to me, it looked like he was trying to correct course because here he is losing his reputation, losing his source of income all in one fell swoop and putting himself as well as his wife in this position to be scrutinized and just wanting to fix it however he could fix it. Even if that meant, scrutinizing her and himself but i mean to what end it really seemed like he's trying to sell his book about uh infidelity i think that was the part that was astounding to me at first because i was talking in my group chats and i was just like "Uh -uh. uh-uh i i just cannot envision myself having to be in some man's apology video to the world because he was (laughs) he was not faithful to me and now I gotta sit up next to you and hold your hand nah whether it's Kobe Beyonce doing lemonade or this woman like it's just not gonna happen I just don't see it for myself and so the one thing I did not appreciate was the commentary on sis's look yeah I think that too many people decided that that was reason enough why what happened happened like oh well if you was going to be on video you could have been looking like this you could have been looking like that and I'm just like look like you don't sit at home wearing your pajama pants right now (laughs) with stains from two days ago from the pizza or spaghetti or whatever it is you ate got the nerve (laughs) to be up here on Beyonce's internet talking smack about somebody else like please do have several seats yeah, and, I'm and just it was, like it was unnecessary to to comment on her. I'm looking like she got cheated on, and, and it she, has been exposed to the world. You get cheated on in the privacy of your own home, but she got treated 
cheated on and now everybody knows and apparently this happened they said it happened a year or so yeah, they said ago. it was a while ago yeah so it's like well now the thing comes back up and, and it's now they have to relive the thing because y'all are living it for the first time mm-hmm. and now instead of having sympathy some empathy um or at the very least some level of you know watch your mouthness no instead we we want to we want to clown her and say, talk about what she looking like and what she dressing like. And I'm just like, does it make you feel better about yourself to tell her that she looked like trash? I mean, for question. some does people, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's sadly for some people, yes. And I think it was definitely the the memes and I saw um, where people were going, not even memes, but they were going through her past posts on her page and mm-hmm. sharing, well, like, well, she looks like this, so... You can't come home looking like, oh, it was like, she looks like James St. Patrick or something. And so that is why her man stepped out. And I'm like, how did we get here? How, I was okay with all the jokes on him. <laughs> I'm not like, those jokes to me. Fine. But especially because, you know, when you make yourself into a public persona, in some ways, you, you give permission for this to be a sort of thing in your life. But this is also why I don't post pictures of Mr. Boot thing like that. My partner, I'm looking like, um, just because I have consented to do the work that I do in the way that I do, it doesn't mean that that's something that, you know, he's even remotely interested in or should be scrutinized about as a result of who I am and what I do. And agreed. I'm just like, I, like, I definitely understand that people wanted to have their talk about Mr. Jackson, but I'm like, leave his wife out of your, out of your fodder, leave her out of it. Like. And I think too, it's that, that it's culture of the internet where you, you've developed fans, friend, internet friends, and people mm-hmm. think they know you. And so I'll even say like recently someone sent me a message and I responded like, oh, Bay sent me this. And they were like, oh, I didn't know it was a Bay. Cause I don't have to share it. Like it is some things I am very vocal and open with my audience, but some things I keep close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not married yet. So Bay may not be here in three months. And now I done blasted him. Every, like, and to your point, he didn't sign up for this. Right. Yeah. So and yeah. I, I was just like the, the whole thing to me was just, it was sad. And I felt like we are so entrenched in pick me culture that we don't Ooh. even know when it, when it shows up. I'm just like, y'all are so into being the pick me that y'all got to talk about what she looked like because you are not being chosen. Because you wish someone would just pick me, choose me, love me. I'm just pick like, come culture. on now, come up off that. You already, you are already all that and a bag of chips, you know, to take it back. <laughs> all that and a bag of chips. I'm like, somebody's going to, to present themselves at the buffet of people that you are interested in and you will do the selecting. I'm buffet? Like, so there's, no, there's no need for you to look at somebody else and be extra mad that they got somebody that you think that you should have when they look the way that they do. I'm looking like, hey, it's all And good. I think that the part, let's uh, rewind the tape back to someone you think you should have. <laughs> That's the part. That's the part. That's I'm the like, part. and why would you want him? He's got community pain. Excuse me. If, if you're not into community things, if you're not into this kind of sharing, I don't even understand why your, your energy is directed toward trying to put her down. When yes. Number one, from what I've seen on social media, she does it enough to herself. She does not need your help. And let's, that was the next spot. <laughs> she does. I think 
for me, the first time I, like, I saw the video, like, dang, I just thought he was like gripping her. I was trying to read to body language, like, like everybody, like, is he her holding? Probably no. Yeah, like, why is he double gripping her hands? Like, is she does she does she not want to be there? He's trying to force her to be there. I was one of those people looking at all of that as well. But I think then the video where she had to defend herself, and I did laugh at it because I'm also someone. Um, who, you know, religion sometimes I can feel like can be used as a blinder or crutch or people manipulate it to keep people in certain situations. And so when Absolutely. she did that, this is my armor of this and my cap of salvation. I was like, all right now, sis, like, <laughs> like, like all right. Stop, stop there. Yeah. <laughs> stop there. Yeah. But this pick me culture, I think it is running rampant amongst uh, some of our female counterparts and femmes because the stuff I see on Instagram and or Twitter, uh, it's like, damn, damn. Yo, I'm like, your insecurity is showing. Put it away. Damn. I'm like, go ahead and put that away. I'm looking like, this is the reason for trash ass relationships because you're picking. Um, it's the reason for trash ass sex because you're a pick me. It's the reason that you are at a job that you probably hate because you're a pick me. It's the reason that your life does not look anything like the way you want your life to look. You have been too entrenched in pick me culture. Stop it. Stop it. You don't got nothing to prove to nobody. You've been a bad bitch since day one. Dr. Donna in here preaching y'all. Listen, she's in here preaching. I'm like, everyone is, they are, they should be honored to be in your presence. There is no need for you to act like a pick me. How? Let's circle back. Cause now you're saying we're, we're in this pick me culture. Yeah. It all, what, what I just heard you say and tell me if I'm wrong is that people are opting not to communicate how they truly feel and what they truly want just so they can have someone. Boom. We settle for lives that we think is the best that we can do. We've been told that we are not good enough, that no one is going to select us, that, um, and that the, our value, especially for heterosexual women, mm-hmm. that the value is in your ability to get and keep a man. Which is, yes, which is why marriage is seen as a goal. Um, and I always know, pay attention to this when I see uh, my friends share posts, like, they're like, oh, I got a new job. They'll get like 200 likes. They say they engage. It'd be a thousand motherfucking likes. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you about, I graduated 2016 with my PhD in human sexuality. You know, you spread the world, you tell all your people. I'm looking like it was mad empty at my little graduation party. People were just not interested. Meanwhile, people from two cousins removed from 10 years ago <laughs> think that they're supposed to get an invitation to my wedding this coming September. I'm looking like, where were you when I was graduating with a PhD? I'm looking like, that don't happen every day. That is day. not an accomplishment, sis. I'm looking <laughs> you- like, where were you when I started my business and I was telling everybody? Where were you then? Where were you when I was buying a house and I was like, hey. I'm looking like, where were all of you then? I'm looking like, y'all come out the woodwork because you think I've tied my worth to the fact that I have a partner I'm looking like no sweetheart no yeah it it is astounding to watch it is astounding to watch and and women who I know who like like yourself accomplished done amazing things their most celebrated moment 
is when they, when they tie get... themselves to somebody else. Don't make <laughs> no sense. <laughs> that is literally I it. Was like, let me tell you, I love Mr. Boo thing, but you know, the tax break is about to be real. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the name Mr. Boothang. I like Mr. that. Boothang. Mr. Boothang. I think too, I, I'm not sure if it was on your page where I was first introduced on Instagram to this term, but you posted a thing today about wish dating. And wish. Um, she said, wish, wish. wish, um, wish. <laughs> I feel like, and I try to catch myself with this as well as I am mid moving into my late thirties single. I'm also not going to settle. I know what I'm worth. I know what I want. And often you have your group chats, your girlfriends, and you hear things that they're looking for and you watch them settle or you watch them try to make the person they're with into what they want. Mm-hmm. And so when you said that to be what they want. Yes. So when you said that wish dating and can't remember whose page I saw it on a couple weeks ago before too, but I'm like, okay, this theme keeps coming up. Wish dating. Wish, Let's wish. go there. Wow. I mean, you wish that you were everything that they wanted. And so you try to make it happen. You, you will contort yourself in all kinds of ways to make that wish come true. You wish that they were someone that you actually liked. So you pretend you give them the qualities that they have never shown to you while Mm. thinking that they just have potential and they are going to grow into that potential and that they're going to change over time. You wish, wish that, that, that whatever it is that you got with this person was something that you actually like. So you try to pretend, especially when you're in public, but Mm. in private, you know, you are dying and crying on the inside because they will never be what it is that you are looking for them to be, which means that you have to now let go of the dream of what you want in order to settle for what it is that you got because you think that you're worth even less than that. I'm looking like it's just a bunch of wishes. So for somebody who just heard you say that and they sat up, their ears perked up listening. Mm -hmm. What is like a one telltale sign that like you, even though you said all that, that they can pinpoint in their behavior that they're participating in wish dating? One way you know that you're participating in wish wish dating, you don't even like them. You know <laughs> you don't like them. I've had a few clients now who, um, they've been engaged for years. They have never set a date. They are wish dating. They wish that they partner with somebody that they not. Mm. But I mean, they just finna stay engaged. They don't want to let go because, you know, what if nobody else wants me? But they Mm -hmm. don't want to get married because, God dang, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I ain't even trying to be here. (laughs) You know, they, they are, you are disconnected from not just your partner, but you're also disconnected from yourself because you have to disembody yourself just a little bit just to be with them. You have to be a little bit less than you are. You hold your tongue just a little too often. The sex been waxed since 09. <laughs> you blame it on COVID, but we know better. But mm. it's just like, nothing about it feels beautiful or satisfying. Nothing is, oh, I'm optimistic about it. I look forward to it. I want to I wanna be in space with them. I want them to hold me. I want to be held by them. That I want to hold space with them and for them. Instead, when they talk to you, you're on your phone. You're not even engaged with them. 
you don't even expect them to be engaged with you and you don't really want them to because at this point you already know they're not for you you already yeah. you you are building the bridges for a little bit of disconnect until y'all are out in public and you want to make it look cute until you're taking photos and you want to make it look cute your relationship exists in the way that you want it to on facebook hashtag on relationship goals <laughs> mm-hmm. hashtag relationship goals all day all day like i find that and you know like this is not to hurt nobody's feelings out here in these streets in these boony streets <laughs> but um i have found it to almost almost always be true that the people who are posting the most about their relationship all over social media do not have the relationship they actually want they want it to look a good way, but it does not feel a good way. Mm. And then hear everybody else sitting here, people like, dang, I want what she got. Well, <laughs> I want I'm what they like, have. I'm like, don't wish that. I want what they <laughs> That's have. That's not your wish wish. Don't wish it. Because yeah. we, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors in some of these relationships. I've seen some things with beautiful photos and lovely messages to one another all over the internet. But in reality, they can't stand each other. They can't stand to be in the same space with one another. They can't, they can't stand to, to talk to each other. They, they have such a strain in their relationship. It's sexless, it's loveless, but on, it, on the internet, it looks great. That shit popping. I'm looking like that joint is, um, it's girl's trip. <laughs> Come on now. That joint is girl's trip. It's, yeah. I'm looking like that whole relationship was a trip. It looked good in public. It does not look so great behind closed doors. Yeah. And instead of considering that, you know, we don't know the ins and outs of anybody's relationship, we over here wishing for it. And then when we get it, we upset. I'm looking like um, some people were probably thinking, oh, I wish Derek Jackson was my man. I'm looking like, well, look at this. Now look at this. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look at yeah. This. And I, I, I'm sitting here. Um, it, it, the number of I have this conversation a lot when I. I try to think about like my own friend circle. I use that as my mini focus group a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know some really bomb, amazing women. Ain't no, like very few are married. Mm -hmm. And then very, even then very few are in uh, committed relationships. Now I'm not going to label it good, bad or whatever, but just, they just not in nothing. And so it's a lot of us who are single And I can see how if you've been single so long and uh, you want this and you're ready, like I need, I've been praying to God, I want this man. And I see how you fall into wish dating very easily. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. Once you get tired and you say, you know what? Here come, he cute enough, he tall enough, he don't stink, he got a job. He got a job. (laughs) (laughs) He wash under his balls on occasion. And so you just go with that. Good enough for me. <laughs> right. Word. And and the thing is, I am not against settling, which is probably surprising. Oh, wait a minute. Here. Let's let's uh-huh. yeah, let's go I'm here. Not ag- I'm not against it. So when you say settling, what what do you mean? I mean that there are you can choose to make a certain level of compromises in the partner that you have. And I don't believe that there's anything wrong with that, as long as you are doing so in full consciousness that you are actually settling. Now, I mean, we settle into jobs that we don't really care for, but they are good enough jobs. Mm -hmm. We settle into having 
Thanksgiving meals with family members that we don't really like all that much. We settle in a lot of different spaces in our lives and relationships don't necessarily need to be any different. You just need to make sure that you know exactly what you're willing to settle for and what is a deal breaker. Okay. So it's like, all right, I want somebody that's seven foot three who stands on a million dollar bank account who is as <laughs> chocolate as Idris and as beautiful as Janelle Monet. This is the person I am looking for. They must be androgynous. Like you can have the whole list of everything. And then, you know, be like, you know what? I could settle on, on the height. The height thing don't matter too much. Oh, okay. I, could, I, could, I could settle on this part. I could settle on that part. These things are little compromises. I can compromise on these things. But you have to know exactly what it is. No matter what it is that, I mean, and you can choose because mm-hmm. it's up to you, really. Ultimately, you sculpt the life, the relationship life that you're looking for. But you have to decide what actually matters to you. For me, this means that you are already doing the work of knowing what your values are and how your values get to show up with whoever it is that you are allowing to be entertained in the garden of your love. Come on, garden of love. (laughs) Yes, your garden. Um, So you've allowed this person entry into your garden. I'm like, they're not in your house. They just in the garden right now. They, They can't come in, but you can vet them to decide whether or not their values match your values or or whether or not they complement your values and whether or not you are willing to carry on something mm-hmm. further with them. I also am a person, and I've said it before, I don't believe in dating one person at a time. You do not apply to jobs this way. So do not apply to love this way. You need to spread out. You need to make sure you're accepting various applications from various applicants so that when you wheedle it down the same way jobs do, you are able to choose the best candidate for the position you have open. Now, I think that goes back to conditioning for women, right? Oh, because yeah. we, we are loyalty. told you got to be the good girl. No one wants the bad girl. No one wants the whore, the slut, all this stuff, right? And so naturally, because you're dating multiple people, you have to be sleeping with all of them, right? Naturally. Oh, and so, <laughs> and so and I feel I'm like, like if you were, I'm like, like who cares? On the job experience. You How about learn, that? You are learning whether or not they can satisfy you sexually so as far as i'm concerned rock on listen i learned my lesson (laughs) i'm gonna come back to that thought but just because you said this i learned my lesson on this one occasion i'm gonna do something different so yeah i would have i would have had sex with him on the first date but nope i'm gonna wait because i'm gonna do something different and hold my urges i look back at that whole situation was like see had you had just done it then, <laughs> you would have saved you some time. <laughs> so I always think about that one time, but I'm just saying, I'm going back to the original point of like conditioning. And so a lot of women do not date multiple men at, at the same time, or when we start it's very late. It's later in life because it's like, Absolutely. that's not something that was naturally. It's like, Oh, you got one on the hook. Real, real that motherfucker in. Like you got to keep them. Right. And so. Word. And I, I think about like, to me, this is just part of pick me culture. Like we're, we're just like, Oh, someone is interested in me. Let me throw everything I have at this one person. And I think that you find it more um, sad to say with darker skinned people. 
darker skinned black women, fatter black women, women with kinkier hair, because all of us have already been told that you're not good. Nobody's going to want you. No, exactly. No you're one's going to want you. You're not good enough. You're not beautiful. You should take what you can get. Yes. And, and because I, we have these running messages in our, in our heads and in our lives, we're just like, well, the first person that expresses interest in me, even if they ain't shit, I'm going to try my hardest. Let me make sure they for real not shit because I think I could change them. I could change them. And it's, and it, you know, it also sucks when, because again, condition, conditioning, mm-hmm. when people you love have those same thoughts that the outside world has about you, right? Absolutely. When they think, and, and back to your earlier conversation, well, how does she get him? How does she pull him? I know. I, I feel like I look better than her. I'm smaller than her. I'm lighter than her. My hair straighter than hers. My butt bigger than hers. I think my pussy juicier than hers. I'm <laughs> like, you just go on and on and on and on about just trying to compare yourself to this other person to try and figure, well, how did this person pull this person? I'm looking like, well, you could just try minding your business. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you could. And, and and I mean that with love, not with, not just, you know, with a little side eye, but a little side eye is thrown in, but with love, like if you are actually minding your business, minding the business that pays you, if you are paying attention to what it is that you need for you, you would be less concerned about who got who you would be more concerned with who it is that you are entertaining and whether or not they meet your standards at all. Yes. You would be concerned with whether or not you are happy in the life that you are living and what work you're doing to cultivate your life to make sure you move up in the life that you're really wanting. I, I saw this uh, meme, I, I swear it was today. And it um, was. I swear, I swear it, it was good. So many screenshots because like, of memes. <laughs> like all day, like all day. Oh, here you go. Um, nope, 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 nope. That's not it. My goodness, I'm trying, I'm over here trying to find it. Oh, when you stay in your lane, you can move faster because there's no traffic. How about you stay in your lane? Stop rubbernecking at every other relationship and start working on what you want. Start working on what you need. And you will find that your lane is actually clear. Now, I also say that like, you know, like I would be remiss if I didn't say that, um, a lot of us have also been taught that we should want to be in relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we are pursuing relationships, having not done the work to recognize that that's not something that we want for ourselves. Women, femmes, we are conditioned by the systems that be that we should want to be in usually a heterosexual or heteronormative relationship because you can still have a pretty heteronormative relationship even when you're not straight. Okay, teach me things. Right? Um, so we're taught to want that and then we're Mm -hmm. also taught to have to want to have children that we should aspire to marriage that we should aspire to children and that if we are not aspiring to these things that something must be wrong with us but everybody doesn't want to be in somebody's lifelong romantic relationship so everyone doesn't want to be somebody's number one sometimes you know what Side chick status is a great place to be. 
No, yeah. like, like no tea, no shade. I'm like, if this is what you're actually wanting, if you don't want the energy of maintaining the relationship as a primary partner, but you're willing and ready and able to be not a side chick per se, but certainly like, you know, an, another partner that they have with consent from all parties, mm-hmm. you could, I mean, you could find your whole lane right there. But I, so many of us are just, we're, we got our eyes on the Disney prize of, and they lived happily ever after, not realizing that that shit probably won't even make us happy. Mm. And I, I, I think that is, um, I have a natural curiosity about learning about other things. And so I've been digging into poly lifestyles and all this stuff. And I really, even I know, cause I had a guest on my podcast that talked about it. Like you have to unlearn all these things that you have been conditioned to think you should, you should do. Um, like and so, yeah, like every, <laughs> everything we've been conditioned to think we should do that. I know I really commend people who have been able to carve out spaces for themselves to live the best life that they choose for themselves, Absolutely. whether it's something that everyone agrees with or, uh, practices, but I really, really like that stuff is so intriguing to me. And as someone who is 36 unmarried and not even sure if they want children, that children part fucks people up. I think, yes. Cause it's like, (laughs) how could you not know? Like you have to be a mother. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's funny. I came to that conclusion this weekend. Like I had already been vacillating with it for probably the last couple of years, but this past weekend, I was, I was dancing around in my living room to ratchet music. I think I was playing <laughs> WAP extra, extra loud. And I was just like, I don't want no goddamn children. It, it just like, it was like, it was like, we yeah. are here. You do not want children. And the conversations that I've, that we've had subsequently has been like, well, would we have regrets? I'm like, I think we would have regrets either way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I would regret having children because I would wonder what life would you have lived if you didn't have them? And if we don't have children, I'm like, oh, well, what kind of life would we have lived if we did have them? But I've decided that when in doubt or on the side of your pleasure, children don't Mm -hmm. actually bring me pleasure. I love that. You know what does bring me pleasure? Eating the food that I like. (laughs) Late. Freedom. sessions. (laughs) Um, What brings me pleasure is being able to travel or leave at at the drop of a dime. Do that. To to be able to live my life in a way that feels beautiful, full, and authentic for myself and not have to worry about other little human beings who need someone to care for them. When I am tired and I don't want to eat, so I eat Frosted Flakes. Like Ooh. I think about and you that. You know what? I don't want to share my ice cream. How about that? <laughs> don't want to do it. Not interested. <laughs> I think about that all the time when I'm so tired and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't eaten. And I come downstairs and I'm like, yep, frosted flakes and almond milk. That is it. That's it. <laughs> that right there. I was like, I have chocolate that I, I keep um, you know, we keep chocolate and chips. And I'm like, could you can I imagine little crumb snatches eating up my daggone food? And I don't even know where it is or inviting ants or vermin into my house because they, you know, at some point kids <laughs> stash food in their rooms at some point they do. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm straight on that. I also have no desire to be pregnant. 
I had no desire for my body to change in those ways. I had no desire to, I'm just like, the things that I have no desire for astound me. And I'm just like, you know what? If that wouldn't bring you pleasure, then why would you do it? I'm with you. I changed my mind in like five years or whatever. But you know what? It's also my prerogative to change my mind in five years. But I can tell you right now, kids are, it's a no for me, dog. And that was my thing too. I was like, okay, if I look up and okay, now I'm 46 in 10 years. And I'm like, damn, I should have had them kids 10 years ago. I could adopt. I can be a foster mother. There are other ways that I can be a parent without birthing a child. And so I think that had to knock my fear because I was slowly letting fear creep in like, oh my God, you're going to be old and who's going to take care of you. And oh, But, But think about that. Isn't that the reason why so many people end up having these kids? They want to correct the mistakes of their life through their kids, number one. I'm looking like this. I'm looking like the, your people listening right now have anxiety that their parents gave to them for trying to make their child be something that they never were. Mm. Oh, you shouldn't drink. Oh, you shouldn't smoke. I'm looking like, meanwhile, they got a beer and a damn ciggy right there <laughs> in your face, but telling you that you shouldn't do it because they want you to do better than them. They're trying mm. to correct their lives through you. And they're trying to make sure that they guarantee that they'll have somebody to look after them when they're in old age or somebody who's going to take care of them or somebody who's going to love them. I'm like, you are creating another human being for yourself. Tell me that ain't selfish. Mm. Tell me you didn't make somebody else's entire life who is going to be a separate being from you, who is going to have their own values and make their own choices and be their own person. You're trying to make them to be you already. They're not even here. And you're having them so that you can have somebody to take care of you when you're older so that you can see, you you know, put your little, put your little girl through this or put your little boy through that. I'm looking <laughs> like, meanwhile, just because they had these genitals, you've already assumed that they're going to be a boy or a girl. You have no idea what their gender is. You only know what their genitals are. And that's not the same thing. But I'm just like, we have these hopes and dreams of how we can correct or achieve a better life through our offspring. Too many of us have that as as the main thing that's going on in our mind. We're not raising them to be them. We're raising them to be us. Mm. Yeah, I saw this thing one time and it was just kind of like, um, Cause I always say people don't give children enough credit. Like children are smarter than we think they are <laughs> or we give them credit for being. And I read this thing one time and it was just like, you do like parents have no possession over their children. It's like, you're just the vessel who was used to bring them here and guide them into them developing into their own person. And I love that when I saw that, like if I, and, and it's certain people that um, cause usually I'm that type of person. If I follow you on Instagram and you become the parent who all you show are your kids and I don't love you, Ooh. I'm probably going to unfollow. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to see it. I don't care. Um, and I actually gave one of my friends a compliment. Cause I was like, you've done this masterfully well, where you show us enough of your kid that we, re- we remember you have one. <laughs> but it, it has not taken over your entire feet. And she was like, this is the biggest compliment anyone's ever given me about motherhood. <laughs> I mean, but that, that is a big compliment because I think that so many times people lose themselves in this new identity. And this is now, this now becomes everything that they are. And they, they let go of these other pieces because mm. we're also taught what it means to be a good mother. And that to be a good mother, you must be self-sacrificing and you have to be willing to sacrifice everything there is about you in order to 
make this human being be what you want them to be the same way that we sacrifice ourselves to make our relationships be what we want them to be. We sacrifice our pleasure so that we can maintain a relationship with somebody. This is a pick me life. Yeah. Your whole life becomes pick me. When you start down that road, I'm like, if you don't stop, (laughs) if you don't stop, you're stuck there. And ain't nothing cute about being stuck. And oh, there was this um, tweet that I tweeted last year. I said, for some folk, the ultimate act of masturbatory narcissism is having a child, a separate being created to correct your mistakes through their life. They can't be themselves when they are so busy with the anxiety and shame they feel for not properly being you. Well, damn, masturbatory narcissism. Yeah. Yes, this guy PhD. <laughs> you know, you know, I got a little one. I got a little one. I got a little one. <laughs> Look, okay, now we're at the part of the episode where we do the breakdown. I'm going to say one word. Okay. And you're going to say the first thing that comes about. It could be a phrase. It could be another word. It could be a sound, whatever you want. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm game. First word, no. First word, black women. Bad bitches. Pleasure. Yum. Kevin Samuels. (laughs) <laughs> dating he makes your butt itch <laughs> he makes my butt itch <laughs> next one dating Meh. skin tone chocolate love hate and last one standards have them <laughs> yes please have them <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was I was talking to my best friend about this before we wrap up. I was talking to my best friend about um, how your standards and dating evolve the older you get. And I have been packing and um, purging and I found an old diary of mine. And Ooh. it's it was from, I think I was 24 when I did the math backwards. And I was looking at this list. <laughs> of what my standards of dating were at the time. Thank goodness for deliverance because woo, <laughs> them standards was low child. <laughs> Just like breathing, check. It was like four things. They were the most simple things. Very, the bar was here. So uh, Dr. Donna, can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, your website, anything you want to plug? You can find me at DonnaOrioWo.com, O-R-I-O-W-O, or AnodWright.com if you're looking for therapy. A-N-N-O-D, that's my first name backwards, R-I-G-H-T.com. You can also find me on Instagram at AnodWright or Dr. Donna Oreo. Well, I mean, seriously, just type in my name. Something's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's easy enough. And I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com. Um, so yes, thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. This was fun. It was. I feel like we was way off whatever the agenda was. It was, but when it flow, it flow and we go with it. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. All right, guys, that is it for this week's episode. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Donna Oriolo. I told you this episode was dope. Be sure to follow her. Be sure to check out more of her resources uh, that she provides. 
and don't be a pick me out in these streets also be sure to support our sponsor we vibe womanizer use the code vip20 to receive 20 percent off the link is in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com and if you enjoyed this episode i encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music stitcher google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, youtube or any app that you listen to your favorites on don't forget to leave those reviews too you might just hear your review on the next episode follow us on all social media share the episode with those you love those you don't love those you fucking hate i do not make these pretty images for nothing okay have a dope ass week stay healthy safe and sane thank you for listening and remember the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you ho my stay until next time <laughs>